Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passions into profit. If you want to form a creative community with a team, then this episode is for you. Thank you, Factor Canada, for funding part of this initiative. Today's theme is how does a group of individuals with varying skills form a successful creative collaborative? Let me introduce you guys, the guest today. Today, we've got three guests, special episode. We have Nookie, who is a hip hop artist and creative director at Kingdom Studios from Stratford, who recently released his seventh EP last summer, which was titled, Well, Here We Are. After some personal growth, he maintains the belief that his days didn't change, but he did. Make sure to stay on the lookout for his future growth within this scene. Nookie works closely with BC, who is a recording and mixing engineer at Kingdom Studios and at Up All Night Sound. He managed to do some wild work right after finishing music industry arts program here in London, Ontario. Ashton dabbles with hip hop, but his love lies with house music. He's the founder of Kingdom Records and Studios and oversees and manages all business operations within the label while also helping the infusion of the arts and culture into the education of students within the Waterloo region. BC, Ashton, and Nookie, thank you so much for being here. I want you to know that we do appreciate your time, so let's make the most of it and go produce. Hey. hey. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start it off today with our first segment, The Basics. Okay. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. So The Basics, oh, we got to get a little shimmy in. I'm with it. I like to dance. I hope you guys do too. It's been a while since we've done any of this, so let's keep it going. Keep the energy up. <laughs> what we're going to do in the basics is essentially try and learn a little bit more about you guys, try and figure out where you came from, what you're trying to do, so that we're all on the same page moving forward. Yes? Fair enough. All gotcha. right. Yeah. Um, so but the first question that I typically ask is, what is your first musical memory? But because we've got a group of three people, I want to ask, what is your first musical memory of each other? Ooh, okay. Oh. Well, uh, I think uh, so... Growing up in Stratford, we're both from Stratford, BC, and I. Okay. Um, Stratford's small enough where you kind of know everybody, or you at least, you might not know them, but you know of them. Yeah. So I knew of BC for years. I knew he was sort of into music and dabbling, and we had a mutual friend uh, who, or I guess it was DAB. Yeah. DAB was uh, recording with him, and I was mutual friends with them. So we connected, got in the studio, and he's recorded my very first project all the way up to my most recent one. So oh wow, we've been rocking together for about, yeah, probably about 12 years, I would say. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. So, so yeah okay continue i would say yeah that'd be our story because yeah like we were working with these buddies from back home and then he'd come through because he was featured on it and uh he was doing a couple verses on a couple records and then uh in that fall he was planning to work on his own project so he's like well do you want to record it for me so i was like yeah cool let's do it and uh we kind of just hit it off from there and yeah. the last 12 years have been a bit of a whirlwind there there's the story there was there a moment in time when you're like Maybe I should put more energy into this person because you said it's a small community. There are obviously other people that you could have essentially continued to grow with. Why? What was that switch? Yeah. Why, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> well, because he was such a dope rapper. I was like, man, this guy can actually like be so big. No, but like we always just had we always just had like a good relationship. Like we also we wanted to do like grandeur things. Yeah. And he wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be an engineer and producer. So we figured we could get closer to our goals working together than individually, but we always shared the same mindset about music, just even life in general. And um, I think like our music relationship just kind of 
grew our personal relationships. Mm-hmm. We always just spent time together. So it just became natural. And yeah. whatever he wanted to do, I was down with and yeah. vice versa. And I don't know. It's just, it's kind of hard to explain, but that's just what it was. I think something that kind of added to the whole synergy was that our trajectories were kind of in line. It's not like he had been tracking superstar levels and he had to come down to my level. And it's not no, like that's I was important. working with world-class, you know, it wasn't like I was working with world-class engineers and now I had to go to a guy who was just starting his own home studio. It was like, we were both here and we both grew together, which I think was a big part of it. That's critical. That's crit- A lot of people yeah. try and overshoot and be like, oh, I need to just hit the celebrity because that's going to be my one hit break. Yeah. Continue to waste your time. It's okay. Do whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> Ashton, how about you? How'd you get into this picture? What's your first musical memory of this this group? Oh, oh man! I, I think I uh, annoyed BC one time. I met him. That was my first uh, <laughs> major thing. But um, I met the guys oh, years ago, and uh, you know, starting out as a producer, I, I wanted people to get on my beats. I'm like, hey, get on my beats, get on my beats, and uh, you know, obviously, I met Nucky, and he was just crazy. I was like, wow, like, what an honor! And um, <laughs> so he went on them, and you know, at the time, you know, my beats were dusty, but you know, he still took a Took a chance on them and went on them. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, BC, obviously, with his skills, engineering. You know, first and foremost, I'm a producer. That's that's my my foundation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just watched them and uh, just annoyed him in the studio a lot. Just, like, hey, asking yeah. him questions. Like, hey, man, like, how do you do that? But, like, how do I make this sound bigger? How do I make this hit harder? Like, teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me. You know, and he, he put up with it. But, you know, that's my first real memory just in the studio with them, you know, at, at the very beginning, right? And just building and. It's, it's blossomed into this and you know we've done so many things together and put out records uh, recently we just dropped the record actually this past weekend mm-hmm. this yep. past R-A-P, weekend so man yeah, yeah. i i i, I tried to do my research ahead of time but i can't really i couldn't keep up with yeah. everything that you guys are doing so i'm gonna have to check that out afterwards we'll put that in the yeah. show notes too so that everyone else can make sure to be be familiar with the work for sure you're talking about being very lucky to have someone that you can just bombard with questions and yeah. and obviously nikki you were willing to spend the time to help develop someone else that is very critical especially because you each have your different strengths but now i want to take it back a step further and be like hey what was the first lesson you got you gained from each other while working so we know how you met what did you teach each other i would say number one before music it it, it's it was personal the relationship Uh, it's just life i think that's so critical being in music and working with people around you, it's like you can really talk about anything. We can talk about, you know, our struggles. We can talk about, you know, what we're going through, right? So that obviously makes things better creatively when we get working together. And I think that's important with with the youth and people coming up, you know, that you can, you know, have a relationship and build that bond. Um, but musically, it was just like, you know, really, you know, when I was doing production, I, I come from an electronic background. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a house music producer. Um, so I like to put a lot of things into my beats. And um, I remember both of them were saying, hey, like kind of like, strip it back a bit you know don't don't put too much you know leave it open let it breathe a bit right and that's something that i've always carried into you know especially doing hip-hop production of course right um, yeah so I, I could say that's something that I, I really remember and um with bc specifically just you know don't redline everything <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he just loves it pot 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 yeah, you know, cool it down a bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah it's a phase I'm, yeah. it's a phase i'm pretty sure most people go through producers you know it and it's all part of the learning process too that's awesome yeah. Any yeah, any lessons yeah. from the two of you gentlemen? Yeah, I would say I kind of kind of piggybacks off of what Ashton was saying with, you know, just like in an actual friendship, trust is a huge thing. So creatively, like BC was saying earlier, when we started working together, he knew not to, you know, hey, Nucky's the writer, he's the artist. I'm not going to delve into that the same way I wasn't trying to look over his shoulder and nitpick his mixes. I was like, I trust that he knows more about it than I do. 
So I think just ha developing that natural trust is something you have to have if you're really going to create the best content that's, that you can possibly create. Was that scary at all? Trusting I, someone so much? No, so? It, it was super natural, I think, for us. Yeah. It, it was super natural. I think po possibly because we're both open-minded, though. So if I did have a suggestion, I knew he would at least listen to it, even if I was way wrong. And I was like, hey, turn this up or who sat up 3DBs. He might know that. No, that's a terrible idea. But at least I knew that I, I knew that he was open-minded enough to take it in. Right. I didn't have to feel like I was being judged or anything like that. And I'm sure he felt the same way. Yeah. Like to kind of like echo what he was saying, because like I remember like when we did our first project together, um, I think I knew when he was legit because like I, remember I charged him. I can't remember. I was going through the emails. Actually, I charged him whatever for the project. And when I was done with it, like I just wasn't happy. I was like, oh, like these mixes sound so dusty. Like, man, like the music's so good. But like, I feel like I didn't do it justice. And he's like, man, he's like, don't even worry about it. This is like the first of many that we're going to do. And it's all part of the process. And then like at that point, I was like, no, like this is like a legit guy. Ah, and, there you know, it is. Yeah. It's just trusting each there other. Right. And now he's probably like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I think he's gotten it back tenfold now. So <laughs> oh, ten oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I this guy my life, man. It's cool. It's cool. You have to do these little tests almost to experience the trust and to build that trust. Is there something else? that you would suggest to a group in order to build this trust if they didn't have as much as a background as you guys, the whole 12 year story, getting up and finding your group? How do you how do you generate that trust more rapidly? I know it takes time as well, but what do you look for? I think like like so from my perspective as like, you know, like the engineer producer, it's like you need to work with a wide range of people. Right. So you can understand different personalities and traits and styles because um, that's how you kind of get a feel for people. And I think that's like an important thing as an engineer. Like you need to understand people and yeah. like what makes them tick and how they operate and what sets them off because you obviously you need to work with as many people as you can right. to build up your portfolio and stuff. But through there, you kind of figure, okay, like I just vibe with this person better than this person right. and stuff. And I think just the more and more you understand people, that's how you kind of start finding the right people. And that was always like something I think we all believe in. It's like, you know, you do right by people. And, you know, whoever you vibe and connect with most is how you're going to get to the end goal quicker. And um, I guess another part of it, too, is like I didn't, you didn't want to focus on the money. That wasn't like the big thing. Obviously, you know, you need to make money in this, but it was doing it for the art and the love. And like I just knew how passionate he was about his music. Yeah. So that got me passionate about it. And I think that's why we've done so well. It's electrified since the start. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. What firsts are you pursuing as a team and individually? Sorry, say that again. What? Which? What? Are there any firsts? Like you just released your seventh EP last summer, I yeah. should say. Is there anything that yeah. you're tr that you're working on that truly excites you? That's your first, either individually or as a group. I can't. I think we're all really looking forward to touring when when COVID you know, kind of settles yeah. down. You know, that's something that for me, anyways, as a performer, and he he was my hype man too. A lot of people who who would know us from the Toronto scene. Yeah, yeah. This guy was with me at every single show. That's yep. very and, important. Uh, it's very important yeah. for an MC to have a hype man or or a DJ even. I mean. I read and the somewhere. cool thing was because he worked on my music all the time, he knew where all the pockets were, where all the ad libs were, where I was going to need a breath. He knew everything like that. So it was a natural synergy on stage. But I think we're really looking forward to touring. That's mm -hmm. really where our, where our heart lies is getting out in front of people, performing, feeding yeah. off that energy. And, and we're really looking forward to that aspect of music again <sighs> once COVID settles down. Yeah. <laughs> we're waiting. We're all waiting. There's a countdown yeah. in mm -hmm. our minds and we don't even know when the end is there, but we're all just counting. Anyway, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> very interesting. We're definitely very much looking for touring. When you do start touring, I will be sure to attend these shows 
and um, yeah, learn and, and grow from all that's the experience that you have. That is a wrap up of our first segment. So our fourth segment of today is called What's Your Take? I quite enjoy this one. The reason I enjoy this one is because we throw kind of questionable comments, ideas, concepts to you, and essentially we want to tear apart your perspectives. Not tear apart, but like let them shine and really dive into them, see how we can learn from any of these kinds of things because they are a little bit ridiculous. Make sense? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Having experience in other lanes within this industry is not beneficial to your career. What do you guys think? What's EO take? Oh, I, I I disagree with that. Like they're saying like, stay focused. Like if you're an artist, just stick with artistry. Right. No, I totally disagree with that. Explore your creativity in all ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, how do you do that? Like if you want to rap, you should learn about production. You should learn about mixing, mastering just to understand it. Or you should fully do it for yourself. What, I mean, I, how think, does that work? I think if you, I think if you love it, you realize it's all one and the same. You know, like right. at the end of the day, rapping is about making a song. Making a song includes more than just rapping. So you have to look at the engine. Not to say that you have to like, like I don't dip, jump into Pro Tools. I let him do that. I don't jump into the mixes, but I understand what he's doing when he's changing things. And I think at the end of the day, that definitely benefits the whole creative process as a whole. Now, is... I think if you love it, no matter what you're doing, you're, if you really truly love it, you're going to be interested in that anyway. So it's not like you're forcing yourself to learn photography or how to do music videos or engineering. You still love rapping. That's still priority number one. Right. But if you love it, you're going to be interested in all the faucets. At least I am. So I can only speak from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is there is there a possibility of ever doing too much, spreading yourself too thin and not focusing enough on the rap, for example? I would totally, I would agree with that. I'll let these guys talk. What do you guys think? Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. some, you know, it's it's good to have overall like experience in everything because it helps in what your main thing is. But mm-hmm. if you're trying to do, uh, trying to send a million emails a day, trying to get yourself out, you know, maybe get a manager to do that or something like that, right? But sometimes, you know, you can spread yourself too thin. You can right. you know, lose your focus of what, what you're trying to do. And next thing you know, you're not doing your foundation, right? So you got to be able to come back to it. At what point do you draw the line? Like where, where do you decide something is not worth your time? You need to either hire someone out or, well, or I think when do you, something. Like I think when you, you find yourself reaching at a plateau, like you've maximized where you can take your efforts with anything. Like so for me, like when I got into music, like obviously like, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's make a rap album. Like that's what I did with some buddies growing up. But then it was sort of like I had a computer. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll record it. And then... um I started doing that and I got into the whole mix thing. And then we're like, okay, well, we want to be more original with it because we were just downloading beats off the internet. So I was like, okay, well, I have a computer. I must right. well start making beats. So then I just got into making beats. And then the more and more as I was doing that, I kind of, I was like, I liked rapping, but then I was like, I like producing and engineering more. So I kind of started going more that way. And then as I kept building up, then, you know, you start working with other artists. And as we started building like a business and stuff, I'm kind of jumping ahead. It's like, you can't focus on, you know, understanding, you know, EQ, compression, dynamics to delay, reverb, all that stuff, understanding Pro Tools, the DAW, then writing raps and trying to find artists to work with. And then, you know, doing emails, doing marketing, all stuff like you just can't, you know, you can't do it all. So you're like, okay, I need to start Mm -hmm. contracting things out. And um, you'll find out when you start delegating things, that's how you actually push the needle and go further ahead. Right. And I think to answer your question of when do you draw the line, I think when 
when it, whatever it is that you're doing, we'll, let, we'll go back to Ashton, Ashton's example, when you're sending emails, maybe you do really enjoy the administrative side of things. But when, it, when you stop enjoying it, that's when you go back to, that's when you just shift lanes to another focus where you, as soon as you stop enjoying it, as soon as you start being a little bit unhappy doing it, as yeah. soon as it starts to feel like a drag, just switch lanes. It, it's really, really simple for me. Mm -hmm. Growth, monitor your growth too, right? It's all about that is why I think. You know, I, you I agree. Seeing, seeing results, then hey, you're doing your thing. But if you, if you don't see it moving, you know, keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect different results, right? Like that's kind of on you, right? So that's, that can be debated, but you know, no, I, I think it's about yeah. growth as well. It is growth. Do you ever find that when you're doing something, say you jump into a specific niche and you find that uh, maybe I thought I really wanted to do this, but I do want to try something else, but I feel like I'm giving up on myself if I switch over. Have you ever experienced that? Not personally, but I could see how some people would for sure. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Same. And how do you balance business side versus creative? Is this something that you juggle amongst the three of you? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think B, probably, you know, BC more than anyone because he's the one who has to lock in with artists from all spectrums. Right. So there, there's certain artists where it doesn't matter or certain groups of artists, whatever. I'm not no, not talking about anyone in specific, but there, some people are just more difficult to work with. So there's certain <laughs> artists that where it's like, yep. you know what, last time, or even me as a photographer or video guy, there's times where I'm like, you know what, you couldn't pay me enough money to go work with that person again, just because, you know, just don't have the right vibe or just too much, whatever it is, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I, you really kind of have to draw that line where it's like, okay, yes, I need to pay bills and you gotta, you know, you got car insurance and cell phone bills and all that stuff. But at some point, if you consistently put yourself in positions where you're working with people that aren't giving you anything back on a human level, mm -hmm doesn't matter how much money you're making because you're still sacrificing way more than whatever money you're getting. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a lot of energy and that energy stays with you and it affects what you do with mm -hmm. the rest of your, your day and it carries through. Mm -hmm. So I totally yeah. agree. You got you to gotta focus on happiness, health, that kind of stuff. Money comes Absolutely. and goes, but I agree with you guys. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. What's your take on this? It's not okay to have bad days or to take breaks. If you can't handle it, you can't handle it. That's a bad mindset to have because you're going to wear yourself out. And, you know, we've been through that. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we've been through the ringer and, you know, put in long days, weeks, months, and you it ends up being a detriment to yourself because it actually affects your creativity, your personal life, your physical life, all that type of stuff. You need to break, take breaks, gain perspective, mm -hmm. get away from yourself and have new experiences because that's what's going to funnel back into your music and uh, help you be more creative and stuff. So. Yeah, you don't want to burn yourself out. And think about like a car. If you drive your car every day, all day, all the time, things are going to break down, right? And you're going to have to do maintenance on it. So you got to give it breaks. Mm -hmm. Self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, do, how do you... Mental health too. Sorry, I, I cut you off. Yeah, sorry, your mental health too. You know, yeah. to make sure you take care of that. That's Very critical. I know you mentioned meditation. Are there any other practices that you would recommend to, to manage that stress? Because when you're starting, I know you almost have the mindset of I need to work more I can't really take a break because other people are working and if mm -hmm. they're making progress then I'm falling behind but it is also important to to rest because you become more effective what do you recommend in terms of rest and other methods to to maximize your efficiency when you are yeah. active whatever you're working on professionally creatively whatever it is you know life is, is to me whenever you're engaged in something is it's constantly about the state that you're in so I know for me <clears throat> 
excuse me, is I'm healthier when like just I'm, I'm more effective and efficient when I'm physically healthy, when I'm mentally healthy, when I'm rested, when I'm eating right. So me taking eight hours of sleep and probably doing more effective work than some guy who's only sleeping two hours a night, but half of his day is just is not productive because he's not in the right frame. So it's very holistic for me personally. Um, so I think like getting to bed at a reasonable hour, the types of foods that you eat, not to say that you have to be like insane and counting all your calories and, you know, micromanaging right. all the micronutrients and carbs and sugars and cholesterol. You don't have to go that deep, but just don't eat like shit all the time, you know? <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. So little things like that. Do you ever set times as a group for when to be productive? I guess maybe schedules so that you each, you hold each other accountable. I like yes and no. Like we all have our own different schedules because we have like so many moving parts going on too, right? And like it's it's tough to balance it all because we have our own personal endeavors, right? But then there's things that Nucky and I have going on. There's things that Ash and I have going on. There's things that they have going on. So we're always constantly managing it. But then we also respect each other's time. So of course, um, a lot of things overlap, but we always are. I guess, aware of mm -hmm. each other and mm -hmm. respectful of each other. Not like being like, hey, I need this now. Like, where are these files? Or like, what's going on with this session? Like, so we respect each other. And uh, I guess because we just have natural boundaries that we know that, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, like, I play hockey and stuff like that. So they know, like, Saturday nights, you're not bothering me. Like, he that. says he plays hockey. Plays <laughs> hockey is very loose. What, a beer league? A beer league? Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. You need to entertain. Bet. So you got to entertain the group there, you know. And then scare yeah, exactly. around a bit too. Yeah. That's I'm a locker room guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm a room guy, positive energy. I get the boys amped up before the game, right? Very important. But, very important. Yeah. With but all like, yeah, like, you know, yeah, to like, and, and my last point, just like, yeah, like, we're all respectful of each other and we know that, okay, like, everyone has like their own things going on. So we just try to be mindful of that. And I think that's what makes things efficient. Mm -hmm. Being mindful is sometimes easier said than done. True. How do you, with all of these moving parts, how do you ensure deadlines are met? Prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm very highly organized with my, how everything I do from session management to scheduling to stuff. And Ashton will attest to this. So, you know, I'm always on him a lot about like, no, we got to get this done because I need this here and da, 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 da. So it's just like, you know, writing out a schedule, you know, prioritizing most important to least important. And then you know how to tick things off because it's all in front of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The visual aspect, writing things down, no matter how good your memory is, write the things down, my people. It's very true. It's very true. I don't slip. I'm, my Not, system is integral. It is. You can't break it. It's impenetrable. I think it comes from his MIA background. You know, the yep. stuff that that he learned in MIA, just that that discipline, that attention to detail, how you label stems like he's you go to this guy's room and everything's <laughs> color coordinated. He's got everything hung up in certain spots. And even if I go down and I move something, which I've done before, he'll come down and he like, notices something, something's off. Like he's, he's so meticulous, but meticulous. I'll use the word meticulous. That's awesome. So because of this crazy organizational ability and, and skill, would you say BC is the, or, uh, wow, operations manager for, for the group? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> looks to the left, looks to the right. They agree. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> That's hilarious. Very nice. I like that. I want to move a little bit more towards local talent and our communities. <clears throat> What's your take mm -hmm. on this? Promoting and supporting local talent is not valuable. It is not a valuable way to spend your time. What do you think? 
False, 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 false disagree. False. <laughs> disagree wholeheartedly. Just hard nose across the board. Yeah. Why? Absolutely. What are benefits that you may find from supporting local talent? Well, you know, as a, a as a record label, right, you you have to be looking in your backyard. Sometimes you you could be finding the hottest next thing right in your city, right? They don't need to be from Texas or Europe. They could be right in your city. So, you know, having a studio here that we, you know, we're around a lot of artists. We we build relationships. You know, we see we see the talent developing, right? And you know, I think it's our duty, you know, to you know to give back and to you know to cultivate that talent, right? Um, you know, for example, we had a kid in here um, this past year that you know he's on Billboard right now, number twenty five on the alternative rock charts. And um, you know, if you if you're not looking, you know, you you'll miss acts like that, or you won't see that and you won't help them get to the next potential and honestly the more acts that come out of your city locally um the more eyes that come from you know the industry and um, the more opportunities there, there are for other talented acts within your community to really take it um you know we've all we've always said that this area is the next like atlanta or miami because there's so much talent and it's such gta an area area no not to teach i think the kitchener waterloo region cambridge uh, from stratford to waterloo kitchener um, there's so much talent, right? Um, wow. So, That's a yeah, pretty big 100%. statement, though. The next ATL up north? It is. It already is? I would, I, I would, include, I would include the GTA in that, too. Yeah. Like, Just for now? Okay, interesting. K- K- KW is kind of like GTA in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? And so, it's okay, kind of I'm curious thing. now about your opinion on London. Is London at all in that radar? Or are we underrated as well? Because we got a lot of facilities, educational facilities that really boost our, our, our ratings. I think London's underrated, man. London's always had like, there's, there's so much talent in London. I've, I haven't been to London in a long time, but I know like my cousin is actually from London. Um, and you know, obviously Casper, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. My, my cousin's K-Mac. I don't know if you uh, remember K-Mac at all. I haven't but, met him uh, personally. Yeah, so he's my cousin. He's, he does a ton of work with Casper. Oh, jokes. There, there's a good scene there. And I know like, you know, obviously there, there's a scene there if, whether it's hip hop or EDM, Angels went there, what, two years ago? Yeah, so they're filling up venues. Yeah. So obviously there, there's a market there. And, and that's what goes a big that's a, that goes a long way too. Is there a market to support it? And clearly in London there is. Mm-hmm. So I would say London is underrated. Fair. Fair. Well, we'll see. We'll see what how what how we develop, how how both of these regions develop. When you do find artists in this area, do you ever find that you struggle on your opinion on them? Like, oh yeah, this person's good, but I don't think this person's good. Like you guys have a little quarrel between yourselves and be like, do I want to work with them or not? I like it's very subjective because like, you know, everybody likes different things. So um, for me, it's just I've always find like I'm always biased too. the stuff I work on. I like it because I worked on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that's it's weird. Fair. I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm like, I like it because I work on it. Yeah. But um, I try not to leave it up to myself to to be the um, the determiner of that. Right. Like you let the fans and people li- who listen to the music say like, yes, whether this is good or not. Um, Cause who am I to judge or determine that? Fair, fair. That's, that's, I mean, that's a good point, but at the same time, I, I'm wondering, is there a checklist that you have for these young artists when they're coming in before you decide to actually work with them? Are there anything that they do that you don't want? What do you look for? Well, first thing it's like personality, right? So like before any artist, like I get on a call with them and like, this is like, you know, something Ash and I've done, like we, we at least talk to them first because a lot of people see the things that we have and the stuff that we're doing. So they're like, oh man, like I want to work with you. Like, how do I work yeah. with you? Yeah. So before I do anything, it's always having a phone call because you just want to like catch a vibe. And it's like, do we see, do we, could we compute? Like, do I want to have a beer with this person? Like, I like, I want to have that feeling with them. And then I'm more likely to work with them 
And I think from there, if you feel like you have a good vibe, then like I'm always open to making music because, you know, there's things that you're going to teach. I mean, one of the things that I love working with people is like that feeling of like you took their idea and brought it to reality. Yeah. And sometimes people are like, oh, I just want to get in and do this or that. But then you're like, no, when you actually see what we can create, that's like the beauty. And I just love that feeling when they're like, man, like, I can't believe you just did that. So it's true. I think there's a lot of different boxes that you sort of look at when you're when you're talking with an artist and they don't have to necessarily check off every box at that time. But could they? You know, so for us, you know, like you said, personality and and vibe is so important. And I tell this to young artists sometimes is, you know, if you're a three out of 10 on the talent scale, that's fine. Because I know that you give us eight months with you, 12 months with you. I know that we can take you from a three out of 10 to at least a seven, five out of 10 in like a year, maybe eight out of 10. But what I can't do is if you're difficult to work with and other people around you, you just have like a certain abrasiveness to your personality. I can't make you be a cool person. Like that has to be something that you already have. And you got to be looking at that from the you know the consumers and fan base perspective as well like are you going to be the guy that just rubs people the wrong way so we kind of got out of the the realm of like hey let's just have like a space where they can book out hourly and anybody can come through here now we're like Let, let's be a little more selective with who Filter. we bring in here and yeah yeah absolutely especially in this day and age you know the generation's canceling everyone so oh, yeah, if you've yeah, got a poor yeah, personality you are out um yeah. do you have any examples of a phone call that you may have had where someone just they shit the bed for la- for lack of better terms, and you know names necessary, but like, what happened on that phone call? <laughs> you guys got planned. Uh, well, even last week alone. Which, which, which one? <laughs> yeah. Well, even last week alone, um, we were on a call with a guy, and we were kind of just explaining our process of how we do things, like from recording is one phase, and then you know obviously editing's a phase, and then mixing's a phase. But the guy's like, well, I only. I need, I got to master or record and master the songs all in one session. And he's like, I like to do it then because I don't know if the engineer is going to like catch my vibe and things like that. But we're like, no, I understand that. But it's like, no, we have our own system set in place. So you already know you can kind of get these, these vibes off the the top. And they're like, I don't like to do it like this. Or I don't like to do it like that. And when people start having like that kind of arrogance or that attitude and energy, I already know like, that's probably not the person I want. Yeah. Let's find out uh, to a point where you can be like, you know, I like to work this way, but. In this case, the guy was like, nope, like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and, and we're open. We can, like, we can modify things. We can, you know, work toward, like, what is good for you, too, because, you know, right. that's what collaboration is. Right. Yeah. All right. But at this, this situation, I wasn't like that. You just tell, like, <laughs> Thank you, sir. Go find your own studio to do work at. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. You called yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the best part. That's the best part. Um, I like that. I, I think we really hashed out the importance of finding local talents within your community, collaborating, working with them. You guys are living proof that you have to start with people that are at your level that have the same drive and have the same direction that you want to go and then grow from their flares together. Don't necessarily reach for the Drake of the time, reach for the Kanye's. You can try, uh, but that's probably less valuable of a way to spend your time. Beautiful. Thank you for that segment, guys. Our next and final segment is called Clear the Air. This is when people really wake up and they realize, I could do this with myself once we clear the air because there's a lot of shroud and mystery when you try and approach this industry. So that's exactly what we're going to do, okay? A couple of questions to open that up. First, I want to start off with, what kinds of issues can you expect throughout the various stages when developing a creative facility between a team? I can repeat that question if you like. 
Yeah, one more time. What kinds of issues can you expect throughout the various stages when developing a creative facility between a team? Um, just operations, just, you know, I guess scheduling, right? So here at the studio, we have the music studio, we have the photography studio, we have a rehearsal space. Um, within those three aspects of the facility, there's so many things that can happen in each part. So I would say just, you know, um, being organized, and that's why having BC here, you know, he's able to kind of coordinate all these things at one time um, to make it flow nice um, with scheduling. So we're going to have double bookings, you know, let's say somebody's shooting audio in the photography studio, but we can't obviously have the, the music studio blasting with our, our speakers going off, right? So it's just little things like that that go so like such a long way. Um, especially in COVID times, right? You have to make sure that, you know, you're organized. You can't just have people walking in and out yep. and whatnot, right? So we make sure we're strict with that. But, yep. um, yeah, I would say that's a, it, it's difficult, but, you know. And you're going to adjust along the way. You're going to get frustrated at times. Like certain things just don't work out or, you know, miscommunication or something. You got to trust that the process will refine itself as you go, go on. Like your first month open is not going to be operating the same as when you're a year and a half into it. You know, you're going to refine things and, and make things a little bit smoother, but through, through to get to that point, you got to go through some of the rough patches. So you got, just got to be patient with it. So patience is huge. Organization is huge. Yep. I've got a question on the organization and for scheduling. Is there a specific program that you use that makes all of this easier? Um, at first we, you know, you could, we were able to book online and whatnot, but you know, we wanted to go more of a, uh, 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 client to client basis okay. um, and really talk with them about their project. So right now it's just, you know, they, we talk with them and then we figure out the dates, we figure out exactly what the project is going to be. Um, and then, you know, we have our calendar. <laughs> We're organized with that. We have each section of the, of the uh, business um, laid out and, and it's organized with that with, in terms of blocks. And so it's more so back and forth emailing until you confirm a date, then you enter that into the calendar and you make sure that the calendar is organized, color coded, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But you've never figured yeah. or you never tried to a different a different scheduling app like Calendly or whatever the case may be for, for yeah, simplicity. We used, yeah, we used to use Bookio. Yeah. Um that was a great I you know, it was a great app and um but again, you know, our foundation is we want you know, we want it to be personal, right? Um you know, we like people just to book. Obviously, it's here. We want the community to be able to book. But, yeah. you know, we want to make sure that when you come in, we're giving you the best, right? Got you. Where we know what your project's about. We know exactly what you want. And so when we know more information, when we know a little bit more about you, too, you know, we can come at it at the best possible way. Thank you, gentlemen. Bless it. Bless it. That's dope. It makes sense. It's, it's more intimate. And this way, you know ahead of time what you're getting into as well, almost, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 100%. What about task management, delegations? Do you have a, a system for that? I, I don't want to just say there's a system. It's just so natural between us that okay. we just we just know. We know that, hey, if this is coming in, all right, Nucky. Or we're just coming in, like, okay, I can take this. Or, or ABC. Or, hey, all three of us, you know, we'll work on this. Right. It's a stack. I, I guess we just, we just yeah. know that, that, right? that. That's where that trust comes in, where I know <clears throat> if Ashton says, hey, Nucky, I need you to meet with these people. He knows that he can just tell me and then it's, you know, set it and forget it because he knows I'm not going to mess it up. He knows I'm going to be on point with what I got to do. And I've, I say something to BC, hey, I need this done by this day. I know that once I leave it with him, he's good. It's or good. at the very least, if he, if it's not going to work, he's going to let me know and then I can, you know, go of back. Course. And, you know, that's that's awesome. That you have to be people that are, are of your word. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the quickest way to, to generate trust. And I think for people who struggle with that, a good way to practice that is to be true to yourself and and maintain the promises that you keep to yourself before you keep promises to other people. That's one way to, to do that better. 
Yep. Awesome. If you are able to foresee pro, um, problems within your group, how do you go about navigating them? We, we're honest. Call them on their shit. Call them on their shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just talk about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Waste yeah. no time. Address no, yeah, the situation. I cut right to it. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I mean, think... grab a beer and have a good time. You know, Absolutely. no hard feelings. Yeah. I think we've all been in situations where, whether it's like a hockey team or a basketball team or, or a, f a studio in the past where it's like there's a dynamic where you feel that you you can be honest with certain people, but you can't speak up to others. Right. And then it creates this really weird thing where it's like if you got to vent something, then people are going behind each other's backs and saying right. stuff. And it's just that creates a terrible environment. You have to be upfront. You got to be comfortable with the guys that you're with or girls that you're with. Yeah. And, um, and you know, and, and just be on that same page. And, you know, that's actually I was reading um, Nick Nurse's book, The Coach of the Raptors, and he talks about in his in his office. He has a little uh, brass elephant on his desk, and that's the elephant in the room. So if he has something <laughs> that he needs to discuss, if he has something that he needs to discuss with a player or an assistant coach or some other member of management, he brings them in and he says, I brought you in here because of this. And he points at the elephant and then he gets right to it. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's always better that way. That's very interesting. Deal with it, man. That's deal a, with it. It's, it's true. You have to deal with it. And it kind of makes it obvious because it takes the visual. So the person almost expects that coming in. Mm -hmm. But do yeah. you have any other tips or strategies for young professionals that could possibly apply that when confronting their teams? Like it's it's nerve wracking. Even sometimes I will be a little yeah. nervous. I think coming from a place of compassion and understanding that every person has their own individual personal goals, which is another thing Nick Nurse talks about is like, obviously he's coaching a team. So it's about team success, right? But within the team, everyone also has their own individual goals. So if you're talking with an artist or a photographer or an engineer or something, understand like, hey, I'm explaining this to you because this is going to help you in the long run. It helps the whole team, yes, but it also helps you. So making them understand why it's valuable for them to take in that information without necessarily, you know, putting up a, a brick wall and being closed off and feeling personally attacked. You have to let them know like, hey, this is nothing personal, whether it was you or a different engineer, I would be saying the same thing. This has nothing to do with you. This is what we need to do and kind of go at it from that because it's, it's, it's never personal. That's awesome. Like if I say something to Ashton or BC, it's not because it's them specifically that did something wrong. It's like, <laughs> hey, this usually it is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got you to gotta understand people. You know, it's, it's just about much about working with people as it is a, a creative endeavor. That is very true. Very true. Now, you, you, you're mentioning that you have to stay aligned in terms of your goals because that's how you move together. And in order to have these conversations, you can remind each other it's for the greater good. What was the moment that you all decide together that you realized that you were all in it together for the greater good on your individual goal? What was that individual goal and what was the moment that you decided? I think the individual goal was just to continue doing music at a high level. And we were all together in a previous situation that wasn't really working out for not just us, but really for many people involved at all. And we decided to leave, but we'd also decided at that point individually that this isn't the end of our musical journeys. We're going to keep going. And it just happened that we all vibe together. Well, me and him for sure, because we've been together for like 13 years at that or 12 years. Um, and then Ashton was a natural fit because we always had that vibe with him. So when we all sort of splintered off into a different group it wasn't like this it wasn't like a big plan we're like we were we were planning this for years and months like let's go let's leave these guys and it wasn't anything like that it was yeah. just like hey ashton left he's doing his thing me and bc are doing our thing let's link up back up with ashton and then things just kind of organically grew out of that that's awesome did you mm -hmm. during that time did you ever feel like you were ignoring something else or dismissing something else that you may have been working on or was it a smooth transition essentially any sacrifices did you, did, that you had to make in order to get to here 
for this specific <laughs> whole, group. Whole, whole careers have been sacrificed. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to, you put a lot on the line. To do you, this. you put your ego to the side. You got to put a lot of things to the side to admit, admit when you're wrong, you know, things like that. Because like I said, in the, in the previous situation, we all probably hung on a little too long. Yeah. Because we didn't want to face the fact that maybe the situation wasn't working out. You, you kind of ha- you're like you put so much into it that you're like, please, this is going to work out. Like we're one we're one step away from like just breaking the levee open, and then everything yeah. we always wanted is going to come to us. But sometimes you're like, all right, maybe this levee ain't breaking. Maybe it's time to separate. Maybe I got to face this myself. Yeah. And accept that. Take take the L and move on. And that's what we did, and we're way better off for it yeah. in all aspects. Take the L. It's 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 not a loss. It's a lesson. Absolutely, yep. man. Yo, yeah, yeah. someone write that down. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, and we've got we've got a lot of individual goals. You said personal projects, projects between two of you, projects amongst all of you, even p- people outside of that. What is the greatest struggle between balancing all of your personal outside music, not music projects, with music projects? So meditation, health, diet. How do you allocate specific time and energy to that you have to force yourself to do it yeah. you know you have to write it down you know personally it's you know there's not enough time in the day right for all of us there's not enough time in the day and you can go a full day without eating you can just be working on a, on a project for six seven hours and you know next thing you know you didn't work out you're feeling crappy maybe you had a pizza right it's just it's Something not good fast, so yeah. I, I think just like you know organizing it and scheduling it out and be forceful with it and you know obviously we're, we're both in the business side of it and on the creative side of it so you know i would say like scheduling time to get in that creative zone put the lights down you know turn your phone off kind of maybe take 20 minutes just to get into that zone right um but yeah at the end of the day people are going to do what they want to do if they really 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 want to do it they're going to make time for it you know so i know that everyone's even a good excuse, and, and I learned this from like a spiritual friend, was like, even a good excuse, a legitimate excuse, it's still just it's an excuse, excuse at the end of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. people are going to make time to do what they really want to do. Otherwise, maybe you don't really want to do it because you want to do whatever it is whatever you're doing else. even more. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a good yeah. question I like to ask myself is, are you committed or are you interested? Because that's that's where you're going to make that decision to do what you got to do even when you don't want to. Because that's that's the game changer. That's That's the moment in time. Do you have any advice for young professionals who want to start a business together? I know we spoke about this a little bit um, in terms of like experimenting and getting a feel for different people out there, but how do you develop yourself before you get to that stage? Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah, with working with other people, coming together as a, you know as a business, like starting yes, a business yes, with other yes, people. Yes. Um, have rules. Um, know what your rules are. Um, know that you know business is business, personal is personal. Be able to separate that. Um, but obviously, you know having a personal relationship, you you wouldn't if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be going in the business. But you know, make sure you know know those, those boundaries and make sure that's clear. Um, it's a lot of inner work, hey. Just yeah, mm-hmm. choose yeah. your crew wisely. That's a good point. People are gonna come and people are gonna go. You yeah. Know, but the one, I think that's one of the reasons why, like, even like huge, massive bands, if you go to the Wikipedia page, it's like, oh, this drummer was replaced by this drummer from this band. It's like, yeah, especially when you're when you're younger. And again, using the band as an example, when seven when you're 17, yeah, sure. Everyone's committed to like this one goal of making it going on tour, selling records. 
But as soon as you like, let's say you're 23 and now one guy has been in a relationship for five years and he's kind of feeling pressure. Maybe he wants to get married or and all of a sudden his priorities have changed. So you got to be able to adjust on the fly and say and respect that and say, cool, man, that that's your journey. You go on that journey. Yeah. And then you we will find a replacement. But the journey still goes. Yeah. Yeah. And it can happen to other people that join your journey and you can be the person that leaves someone else's journey. It can happen both ways, too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Once you do find the group or the original group or it doesn't even matter. It doesn't have to be the final group. But when you do find that group, how do you structure the um, ownership? I think when it comes to, for us, for example, when we uh, do like publishing and publishing splits, for me, it's always just been like, if three people worked on the song, it's 33, 33, 33, point three. You know what I mean? Like it's just 33.3 across the board. If it's two people worked on it, it's 50, 50. You know, for as far as at least when, we, when it comes to publishing and splits, well, obviously, you start working with different artists, higher up artists, they're going to start saying, all right, well, I want 70%. And it's like, well, you didn't do anything. Right. They, they've earned they've earned it. They've earned that leverage. Right, know? right. I hear that. And then you're usually nice and even. And then what about within the business itself? I know you've got the the, the studios and then the, also the record label. How is that organized? I know you founded it both, Ashton, but it was that a, a weird situation in terms of figuring yeah, so out how what, the team's going to work? Not at all. Not at all. You know, we all know exactly what we do. We have roles in here, you know, from engineering to different aspects of, you know, the services that we do offer. Right. So we know exactly what each other are going to get paid from it. You know, um, part of the trust and communication with each other is, is super key. Mm. We know exactly what the project is going to entail. We know, OK, you know, this is the budget. This is what we're going to do. This is how what each person gets paid. Right. And so we have the understanding. We have a system in place in terms of, um, you know, in terms of how we make money right, right? so um i think it's in terms of starting a business and if you're doing with people make sure you know like how much you're going to charge how much you're going to get paid what's your profit you know what what's your what are your expenses from this and then mm -hmm. once you have that there then it's, it's it's smooth sailing you just have to adapt to different situations and different projects right and everybody eats at the end of the day it's being transparent right mm -hmm. and like that's the thing is if we don't hide anything from each other so I think that, and maybe we're different than other situations, just because we know each other so well, we're always just open and honest and transparent. That's why everything kind of just flows naturally for us. So there, we don't really have hiccups like that. Right. Have to have hard conversations about like, oh, well, mm -hmm. maybe Nucky should take more on this one or Ash should. Yeah. We just know because like, okay, he's doing the work. He deserves that. And it depends on what the, every artist is different. Yeah. Every artist comes in with a different, you know, some artists literally just need mixing. They don't even need to record. So if it's mixing, obviously we know, I'm, I don't I don't need a piece of the mixing pie. That's not my gig. Right. But if an artist comes in and says, well, I need cover art done and I got to do photography. Uh, I need to get some photos done for press. And then I also need to shoot a music video. Well, then BC knows like, all right, well, that's that's Nucky's realm. So he'll do that. Right. Right. Yeah. So where 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 did you get the experience for coming up with the financial breakdowns? Was that almost an experiment? I'm going to charge this person this amount and then I'm going to pay you the client this and this, whatever. It's, it always changes, you know, at some point, like, what did you charge me for my very first project? I think it was like 600 bucks. I think it was about 600 and we did bucks for tax or something. Like, like 12 songs? 12 songs, I think. Yeah, and that yeah. was like everything, like recording, you know, editing, mixing, Damn. mastering. That's, that's a stuff good deal. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Hold on a second. That is a deal. <laughs> oh, it was, man. And then now I probably am in the hole with him. Grand now. <laughs> oh, for, for all the work that he's <laughs> done. We're a quarter million at least. That's just guy owes me his life. Beautiful. But yeah, yes. so like a lot of it is just trial and error. And 
um, just seeing what works and, you know, okay, well, you realize you're putting more into a project than you initially anticipated. So you're like, okay, well, maybe I should charge a little bit more. Um, but then it's like that healthy balance because sometimes, you know, if your schedule's not booked up, then you're like, maybe I got to take this project. So I might have to do it for a little less. But then, you know, you might get into a space where you do get booked up for, you know, a while. So then, you know, you have a little bit of wiggle room. So you're like, you know what? Maybe I could start charging a little bit more uh, because got I'm you. more in demand. Got you. So, um, yeah. So it's just over the years, it's a lot of trial and error. But then now, because it's, it's just more than one person. So now you have three people. And if you're working with one artist and they need three services, now it's like, okay, you kind of look at like bundle packages because you know, like, you know, your rate, like, and then it's like fitting that in and letting these people know, like, these are the actual true expenses. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's more, right. sometimes it's less. It's just a lot of this up, mm-hmm. down and side to side. Plato. It's also, you know, it's never been about like, let's milk the artist for every yeah. single thing they're worth. So for people that are starting a business, it's understanding at least coming from our experience, and this isn't necessarily a categorical absolute truth across the board, but sometimes the ones that you do the most for are, are the ones that, that financially are, are paying the least, mm-hmm. but they become so demanding over time. So just something to keep in mind, like, yeah, you, you want to work within, you want to be reasonable. If an artist yeah. can't afford something, you want to work with them because you also want to help them reach their goals. At the same time, don't sell yourself short because right. of that. Be aware. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What was been what has been the highlight of your careers so far? I've got a specific example from BC, but I'm curious. I can oh. hit you with the example. I'm curious about the story of Hit Factory. Oh, true. Like that's a crazy experience that we you know we've all done together. Like I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for this guy, right? So interesting. Interesting. Like, yeah, those people that we were working with, and like that's how we met Ashton through all that stuff too. But we were always working on our own stuff and then we were working with this company and he was coming, they wanted to work with him on the creative side, just building his music up. But um, his biggest thing was like, well, I already have my own engineer. I got BC and stuff like that. So he's like, he didn't see where the value lied. And you know, that's when he was riding for me when he didn't have to, he could have easily like jumped ship and just done the own thing and left me in the wind. Right. But he was like, no, he's like, this is my guy. So um, that kind of brought me into the fold with that. And, you know, there were opportunities that presented themselves through that for me to work down there all the time. And I said no, because I was like, this is my guy. Like, we're, we're building our stuff together. So um, I did that. And, like, you know, we just threw and through this road together. And, yeah, when we were down there working, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, definitely learned a lot. Um, but, like, to me, that was like, it's cool because it's like, yeah, studio. But, like, you can make music anywhere, right? Like, I have just probably more fun working in the basement the workspace or working here yeah. then in there it's just it's got a lot of cool buttons and shit. yeah yeah <laughs> no it's very nice a big highlight for me for me personally is this place yeah you know like we this is just a space where we can come in we got a rehearsal space out back we got the the photo video area anytime i can come in here and do whatever i want no one else has to be i can just set up my camera and do shots myself if i wanted to do like it yeah that freedom to come in here that's know, awesome do whatever we want so just just the the ability to have a space like this is something i'm super super grateful for it's i would say bringing in the genelic speakers oh my god (laughs) what was that i didn't hear that guy i would say bringing in the genelic speakers were uh was a highlight (laughs) (laughs) this guy so when you you actually asked the question about like you know i think it was about like budgeting and something that with your studio and the operations so yeah like when we built this space um you know we're looking at different things equipment uh just things that we needed for the whole place converters uh, yeah converters so we're looking at gear ashton wanted these lovely speakers you can't really see them they're off camera but very expensive speakers and i was like okay well they're cool but 
That's not going to make things sound good. But so, they bang, though. Yes. So <laughs> they bang, though. <laughs> <laughs> Which they do. Yes, they do. And artists love them. And I'm like, that's part of the equation. But I'm like, you know, there's other pieces of gear that we need and other things where I'm like, maybe that's not the most important thing. But we understand, like, you know, how that is for artists and, you know, hearing back their music and stuff. So... It's and there's only five of them in Canada, just putting that out there. You know, so. <laughs> no, it, it was serious, man. I think they sell one pair in Canada a year. Yeah. Get out of here. What? Yeah, they're yes. from Finland. Yeah. They are very amazing. Yep. But they're not to be all and end all. <laughs> but no, like, it's dope to, like, now I'm going to pitch or pivot. But yeah, like, it's dope that, you know, we have something like that here. And, like, this whole space, we, we can't really show you it here. But, like, we've customized it. If you look at this door where we have all these names scattered over it, the people that have been here in just the two years, and, like, that's amazing to see. And then, we kind of have like our jerseys up there that we've retired in the Raptors. And it's it's just amazing that we were able to do something like this. Yeah. You know, I would have never expected that in my wildest dreams. And it's awesome. like, you know, I'm so thankful for both of these guys because like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for both of them. And I think they would share the same sentiment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ashton, you know, he's taken a lot of risk to build this stuff so that we can do the things that we do. So, Fair. Um, yeah, I think that that means more to me than working anywhere in the world. That's awesome. It is more is more meaning to the location that you have now it's a home yeah instead of a house yeah, you know absolutely exactly that's cool mm -hmm. very cool gentlemen we're at the very end of the show i'm asking you guys for any closing remarks that you may have i know we ask a lot be a good person be kind to others and just follow follow your happiness man it's real simple for me same i would say yeah just like believe in yourself um and as you go through this journey of trying to do like you know be an entrepreneur or be a creative you know, people will look at you like you're crazy and like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, you know, keep doing your music and stick with it and just really do it because, you know, people don't see your vision. Right. And just because it's not their thing doesn't mean it can't work for you and believe in yourself and surround yourself with like minded people that are trying to accomplish, you know, similar goals as you um, and just do that. And, you know, you can get to the promised land eventually. Mm -hmm. Don't settle. Yes, go hard. Grind. Take care of your mental health. Be happy. And you'll achieve anything you need. You want to. What achieve. about being grumpy? Are you allowed to be grumpy or not? Oh, <laughs> one thousand percent. Oh, yeah. The grumpiest <laughs> of all of us. <laughs> yes. BC, I got a couple short questions for you before we end. They're producer-specific questions. What is your favorite outboard? Oh, okay. My outboard piece of gear. Well, I'm very fortunate. Ashton was a great human and bought me a uh, BAE 1073 Ooh. preamp. And he bought me the uh, Imperial Labs Distressor. So I love that compressor. I am a big fan of the Tube Tech. Mm. Uh, not, now I'm all, all these things. Now you're taking me down this side <laughs> of the But uh, <laughs> uh, there's so many different things. Yeah, I'm just going to say it. Nope. My favorite piece of gear is definitely my uh, 1073. And why? Uh, I just like the way it kind of colors the uh, instruments. I guess I mainly use it for vocals. Yeah. Um, and now I sound like a gear slut. Sorry, you have to edit that. But um, <laughs> yeah, like it, no, it just has a nice coloration to it. And I just like to have a little bit of control when I'm recording something in, right? Because okay. those little things go a long way in the end process. So yeah, like we keep, and our studio is very lean. Like we don't have like tons of outboard gear because like you don't want to like make yourself go poor trying to do this stuff. Right. Like you can keep it simple. But yeah, like I just have, you know, basic preamp with EQ and then some compression just to kind of tame the vocals going in. And then I do a lot of my suturing in the box. Nice. Do you have a, a preferred mic? Well, Recording actually, mic? you can see our, uh, we have the Townsend uh, Labs uh, Sphere mic. And it actually, so it's one capsule, but it emulates different mics. So it has 
um, like the Sony C800. It's got SM57. It's got like probably 12 to 15 different mic emulations in oh, there. Wow. So I can put this on and then I can filter through different mics to try and find different ones that will work for different instruments, whether Whoa. it be a vocal. Or... Yeah. yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I haven't come across that pretty... yet. Yeah, it's look it up from uh, Townsend Labs is the name of the company. And um, that was actually Ashton's idea to, to buy that mic. And, Brilliant, uh, man. Because we were thinking about building up the locker cabinet, but we decided to go with this mic. So we kind of have a bunch in there that we can choose from. Yeah. Different artists. Yeah. So use it with gear as well? Yep. You can use it on, you know, guitars, piano, all that type of stuff. That's super versatile. There were, there were challenges when we first got it because it's such a new mic. There's not a whole lot of troubleshooting that you can find online. So you have to kind of go directly to Townsend and say, hey, we're having this issue. What can we do? Yeah, we actually worked with them to help figure out some of their issues, actually, yeah. when we were uh, building it because uh, they weren't used to running it through like the BAE and through the equipment. So we actually oh. kind of helped them discover That's some cool. new things. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Really cool. That's big. So you're securing on that sponsorship next, eh? Yeah, <laughs> That's why yeah, I need that. Yeah. You got to send me all Go the equipment. Come on now. <laughs> That's jokes. That's jokes. Everybody buy Townsend Labs. Awesome. <laughs> Townsend, Townsend Labs. Um, where can our listeners find you on social media? For me, or websites, uh, whichever you like. On my website is uh, uansound.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's it's underscore bc underscore. Um, then our studio. I'll let Ashton take over. Our studio's Instagram is at Kingdom Studios uh, with the Y. Don't forget Kingdom Studios with the Y. Um, you can find us at KingdomStudios.com. Uh, my personal Instagram is at Ashton Adams Music, and uh, my website is Ashton Adams Music as well. And I'm official Nucky across everything. Twitter official, official Nucky, official Nucky.com. Instagram official Nucky. Kept it consistent across the board for the ease and simplicity. Yes, yes, very easy. I will also add all of the that information to the show notes. So. If you're not one to listen and write or watch and write, we got you covered. Just make sure to check out the show notes at goproduce.ca. But more information on that later. I want to say thank you so much to our listeners. We're here to entertain and to educate. That's what our goal is. And I hope that we could do that for you. Thank you so much, Grumpy Sound Guy. You, uh, you were fun. You didn't time in as much, but that's probably because we did an awesome job. <laughs> Prevail Media Group. Yep, Prevail Media Group. Hey, Prevail. We out here, we're out here. Thank you for the gear, the set of the time, the energy has been fantastic. And gentlemen, all three of you were a pleasure to have. I learned so much. We out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Peace be with you. Thank you for listening. If you found any value in this episode and you want to learn more from our content, check out our website at goproduce.ca. If you're on Instagram, check out our handle at go.produce. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're on Spotify, hit download. If you're on Apple Music, leave a review. This will all help us grow our community. I'm Big Lou, and this is Go Produce.